The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. G'day, it's Stevic from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex, shoulder pads and helmets, running around with a throwing a football. In Australia you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field. And we all stand around and drink blood watching it. But American football's your thing, you know what to do. Saints Happy Hour podcast. Stick it in you. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This one is free for everybody, but I just want to say, Andrew, uh, I want to thank the Monty Kelly. I want to thank Corey, Seth, Alex, and and, uh, Clark Clarkson. They all signed up today. Right. So that's the most signups we've had in a while. They know where it's at. Uh, support the best Saints podcast anywhere. Join our community in Discord. We're having a blast. The Saints are terrible, but now our jokes and our ridiculousness gets even better. We're going to get you through it. We're going to get you ready for the off season. We're going to get you through the off season. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on with the Saints. You want the best Saints podcast. Sign up, become a patron, join us. It's amazing. Andrew. It's Falcon Tate week, and it was weird in that I wrote a column for WWL, and I got a lot of weird feedback. I was like, when the Saints are terrible, and when the Falcons are terrible, the Atlanta game, to me, it's even more important. Because the Saints and Falcons rivalry, at its essence, Andrew, is two sad franchises that really just want to be able to point and laugh at their enemy and say, you are worse than us. And winning is really just a break from that. And when the Saints are bad, I gotta have the Falcon game. I gotta have it. And people email me like, this season is lost. I don't know why you care about any game. And I'm like, dude, you must have been a Saints fan for like 10 minutes. The very essence, Andrew, of my Saints fandom, maybe more than anything, is hating the Falcons. I got to have this game. I got to have it. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, there's just so many 2006 and later Saints fans. There's so many post-2006 fans that kind of came on after Katrina, that inaugural season with Reggie Bush. And they really don't know anything before that. And 
I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Like, it, it's kind of this rivalry has kind of been one-way traffic. It has been. Like, post-Michael Vick, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, the Falcons made one Super Bowl, and, you know, Matt Ryan had that MVP season, but, like, dude, by and large, I mean, the Saints have completely 24, since 2006, the Saints are 24-10 and 10 against Atlanta, and they are one more win away from tying the series at 54 apiece if they win Sunday. Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, like, I would think... So, for me, like, losing to the Falcons in the playoffs was one of the most painful. And oh. this is at a time where I just wanted a playoff win so bad I could taste it. And th- that that's one of the worst losses ever. Like, if you were at... I would probably put the Rams 2018 as number one. And I'd probably put that home playoff loss against the Falcons number two. It was absolutely yeah. Crazy. It just the time but, fades it away because it's thirty one years ago, thirty two years ago now. Uh, oh, dude, I remember like it was yesterday. And it 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 just time fades the wound. But you lost to you lost. They lost to Atlanta in that year. They lost to Atlanta at home twice in overtime on a Sunday yeah. night, and then at home in the playoff game, like. Okay, we we don't need to go into yeah. too much detail. Here. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't need violence in my life. But yeah, um, but uh, no, look like like there's scars from that, and so but I try to put myself in the shoes of a like post 2006 Saints fan, and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If they they hate the Rams and they hate the Vikings yeah. more than any team in our division. You know, like Cam Newton had a thing going for a little while. Yeah, he, he did. Super annoying and. Kind of would make I would think post two thousand six Saints fans hate the Panthers. That's but right. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, like the Saints have kind of had everybody's number in the NFC South, and so That's like right. the goals have been much bigger than the division. So like on, on some level, like it doesn't surprise me that much that there's like this whole new yeah, uh, like that'll never be me. Like I, I can very easily go back to like that's our rival. That's the team I hate the most. And. I like to joke about it. I like to pick on them, and like that's never going to end. So like that—that's always going to be he, me. But like, yeah, I think I, I just realized that like there's a whole fraction of the fan base that like really doesn't care about. Yeah, that. I was arguing. Somebody today was like, "Listen, we got to get Dennis Allen fired. The Saints need to lose all their games." And I was like, "Listen, whatever's going to happen with Dennis Allen's going to happen. The Saints probably aren't firing him." But here's the thing: if Dennis Allen can beat the Falcons twice. And get fired or whatever, get fired after 2023, we can make fun of the Falcons forever because we could be like, Dennis Allen is like the worst NFL coach in NFL history and he beat y'all's ass twice. We'll make, we'll, we'll build a statue for him if he could go three and one and get against the Falcons in two years and get fired into the Mississippi River. I don't care. Um, this game on Sunday is interesting. From a school. Well, I, I I was just going to reply to that real quick, Ralph. Um, you know, one of my favorite stats is that you Taysom Hill. Oh, dude. You know, he he basically basically he's a failed quarterback in a sense. You know, like that's the position that he wanted to be, and uh, I guess you know teams have decided that like or, yeah, the Saints, I guess specifically, have decided that like yeah, you're you're not a quarterback. That's that's not in the cards for you. 
But I just find it hilarious that he's three and zero against the Falcons as starting quarterback, and I, and not just not just that that he was like three and zero, and like the Saints won, and yes, he was the quarterback, and he so he's the quarterback of record, so he gets credit for the win. No, Taysom Hill when he played the Falcons, he looked freaking good. Like even last year before he like did the Liz front. Frank flat fracture. I remember you texting me being like, Oh my God, Taysom Hill looks like a real NFL quarterback. We get to the playoffs and the Rams can go ahead and beat San Francisco. We might have a shot with this. I mean, that's how good he looks when he plays the Falcons. Well, it helps when you have a secondary like that. I, you know, <laughs> Speaking they were making a lot of quarterbacks look good, but uh, yeah, for sure. Speaking of Falcons, they're going to be starting Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, Saints fans freak out about rookie quarterbacks playing the Saints because we we have these memories of RG three and different and Jalen Hurts, but mostly I think the Saints are like eighteen and six or something against rookie quarterbacks all time. Like they they usually do pretty well against rookie quarterbacks, but there is a fear uh, with Desmond Ritter. One because I just I really liked him coming out of the draft. I like quarterbacks from like smaller schools that lift up their program, and Desmond Ritter. Got Cincinnati to the playoffs. Danny Dalton got TCU to a Cotton Bowl. Drew Brees got uh, Purdue to a Rose Bowl. Like it's those quarterbacks when you when you say how did Purdue get to a Rose Bowl? You're like they had Drew Brees, and you no, know, you don't even need to explain anything else to them. They just go okay. So the Desmond, Ritter, I liked him. I know he's got different flaws, but the thing is, Andrew, I looked at his RAS score. His RAS score is freaking elite. Like it's nine six something. He's like elite mobility and. I just worry that Arthur Smith is going to cook up that run game that he did with Mariota, and he's going to tell Desmond Ritter, he's like, look, one read, and you just run. Because these defensive line for the Saints are slow. One read, and take off and run. And I just worry that he's going to be scrambling all over and driving us crazy on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's really hard to prepare for a quarterback you've never seen before. Because so much of this league is about film study and – uh, knowing a guy's tendencies. And when that tape is not out there, you got to go back to like his college film and it's just going to look a lot different. It's a different offense, different playmakers around him. Like you can glean something yeah. from his college tape, but, but I, I just think the development and how he's changed, like it's hard to go off that. So it's, it's really hard to prepare for a guy like that. But yeah, I think you go back, you watch his, his last college football games and, you try to glean as much as you can, but he is a talented player. And it, I, I am actually interested to see that. That was a guy that was on my radar for the Saints, honestly. Yeah, it was and, interesting because the Saints like went to dinner with the coaching staff and like Dennis Allen went, went to, took him to dinner. And I was like, ooh, maybe they're interested in him. And he fell to like the third round. So it, it wasn't like if the Saints would have really liked him, they could have got him. So like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was surprised, especially with his RAS score, that he didn't go a little bit higher. I mean, it, there were some people that thought he would go in the first round, maybe the second round. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to see him drop. I, I mean, I thought, I remember watching his film and watching his tape, and he's mobile and athletic. Uh, but, you know, he could still be in the pocket. You know, he, he kind of yeah. has those things the teams look for, and that he was like a team captain, you know, and. He, uh, he's a confident he's dude. He is a confident. He's like, I'm ready. He's got good mobility, you know, like mm-hmm. it, he's, he's pretty balanced and on platform when he throws. Like if you, if you look at all his old tape and 
you know, I guess I'm, I would say that like, he doesn't have a great deep ball. Like that was one thing I noticed about him and, you know, he doesn't have like a massive arm. So I, I would say that, you know, that th- those are maybe the things where he, he was pretty accurate, but like, you know, if, if he went downfield in vertically, um, sometimes I just don't think he, he has like the, the ideal arm that some teams want you to have, but like, I don't really view that as a big deal because some of the better and most successful quarterbacks don't have great arms. Yeah, yeah, you just have to have – like, to me, you just have to have a quick enough release and, like, you have to cross the threshold for, like, can you make all the throws? And I think Desmond Ritter, he crosses that threshold. The interesting thing with Atlanta, they won't yeah. have – they won't have I mean, he, does, he doesn't. He doesn't have Kyle Pitts, though. Yeah, he doesn't have Kyle Pitts. Drake London's been kind of, eh, not – not – like, he's not – He's not in, he's not in Olave and Wilson, the other receiver that got taken in the top 11. He's not in those guys class, at least not yet. Um, yeah, I think Atlanta blew that, man. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I said that from the moment they picked him. I, I said that's a mistake. Like there, there's a few receivers in this draft that are better than Drake London. And I, I always, I mean, I was glad that they. Yeah. You know, honestly, like he's done a little bit better than I would have expected. Um, so I, he has surprised me. I would have expected him to do a little bit worse, but I, I, I still think Atlanta messed up that pick. Really yeah. Did. And that's why I was saying today, you know, uh, the nerds took their victory lap this week against the Saints, you know, cause the Saints are four and nine and they traded away and Philadelphia is looking to have a top five pick. So the, the nerds took their victory lap saying the Saints were wrong to go all in and try to win this year. So the nerds took their victory lap. But one thing that I vehemently disagree with Bill Barnwell, cause he said, look, the Rams, Denver and the Saints all went all in for this year and they're all a disaster. Who's in the worst shape? And Bill Barnwell picked the Saints. And I was like, of course, Bill Barnwell, he's a coward. He blocked me, but whatever. I said, and and other people came to his defense, but I said, I said, look, you can say whatever you want about the Saints. They are not in the worst shape as far as Seattle and, uh, I mean, uh, Denver and the Rams because Denver is in the division with Patrick Mahomes. So that's already bad for them. Uh, the Rams are in a division with San Francisco and Seattle, who who has two first-round picks as well. The Saints are in the worst division in NFL history, and it's going to get worse because Tom Brady is not going to be a buck next year. I said the Saints clearly are not in the worst shape, no matter what you think. The Saints, they can get a couple breaks next year, have a good draft, get to eight wins, get to nine wins, and win the freaking South. Like, I, I know you, you may like... People may like Atlanta. They may like Carolina. But I'm telling you, Andrew, there ain't – like, I don't think those teams are making a giant leap forward to go – you know, Carolina or whoever. They're not going to go from 7 to 12 wins. They might go from, you know, 6 to 9. But so I just think the Saints aren't in bad – aren't in bad shape there. Um, Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, I mean the the division's a tire fire, and and <laughs> and I do think that that that's a big reason why there's that, that, that I mean that's how you bounce back. I mean the, the year the Saints won their division in 2006, they were 10 and six. As yeah. much as and as you had a buy, yeah, they had a buy. Like as much and as, took the last week off. Like, as much as we love that season and as exciting as it was, a big part of why the Saints were so successful that year is because their division was garbage. That's right. It was much easier. You know, and how many times did we watch the Saints have a magnificent season 
only to end up being a wild card and not being able to host a playoff game because the Niners were even better. That's right. And how many years did we have to put up with that in the 90s? So, like, look, I mean, being in a bad division is an advantage. It just is. Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints Happy Hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get Breaking Saints News Podcast, Saints Player Grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. Back to the the game against Atlanta. The thing with Atlanta is their passing game with Marcus Mariota was atrocious. Uh, Their defense as a whole is atrocious. And they kind of held the Saints at bay for three, three and a half quarters. And we were like, what is going on? How can the Saints not score against this sorry-ass defense? And then Jameis caught fire and the Saints won and it was great. But like... I look at the Saints, Andrew, and I look at the injury reports from from Wednesday, Thursday. You're going to get McCoy back. You're going to get Juwan Johnson back. Like, I think there's a reasonable expectation that Andy Dalton's going to play pretty well. And he's played pretty well since the debacle in Arizona. Like, I think Andy Dalton's going ha- to have a good game. Like, this Atlanta defense is terrible. It's been terrible, and it will remain terrible on Sunday. And if the Saints, they're going to they're gonna move the ball. Now, they may shoot themselves in the foot because that's what the 2022 Saints do. But they're going to move the ball against Atlanta. I'll be stunned if they don't have their best game since the Rams game. Yeah, I mean, oddly, like, I'm kind of confident the Saints will win this. Um, <laughs> now, as soon as I say that, I'm going to be immediately tempering myself with, like, well, yeah, but it's the Saints. So, but it's 2022, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe it's 50-50 flip a coin. But yeah. I, I don't know. For you to tell me that Atlanta is starting Desmond Ritter for the first time. That's right. And and he doesn't have Kyle Pitts. So he's basically throwing Alameda Zacchaeus and Drake London like that. That that's those are his playmakers. I mean, the Saints are going to have to stop Patterson, and they yeah. have really struggled to do that. So if Atlanta can move the ball on the ground, I think it gets more difficult. I don't know. Like maybe the Saints will turn the ball over and, and make it easy for Atlanta and beat themselves. I mean that that that's what the Saints have done when they've lost this year is just straight up beat themselves. So I, I could see that happening. But I, I could also see the Saints winning this one pretty comfortably. I mean, honestly. people don't. They, they're, they're just in a way better rhythm than the Falcons Yeah, are here's, right. here's the thing that I know people don't want to hear it because the Saints are 4-9. The season is cooked as far as playoffs, basically. But, uh, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think this win would mean anything. No, no. But, here's, but my point is, Andrew, I know people don't want to hear it. But, like, 
the last three weeks, the Saints have played really well. Like they they beat the Rams. It was a it wasn't a one score game. They beat the Rams pretty comfortably. San Francisco is, I think, playing if not the best football in the NFL, pretty damn close to it. And the Saints, I mean, the, the San Francisco is going to Seattle Thursday night, and they're just stomping Seattle out in a game Seattle has to have. The Saints had that game. It was the, the, San Francisco only scored 13 points, and the Saints' defense was tremendous from start to finish in that game against San Francisco. They couldn't score. Tampa, they had Tampa dead to rights with five minutes to go. I know they didn't win, but like they're playing hard. They're playing well on the defensive side of the ball. Like if the Saints are still motivated and still give a damn, which I think they kind of do because Pete Warner was like, we're going four and oh. And I look, I know fan, we, I made fun of them. Fans did, but, but I still see a team that I think they're going to give a damn and they're going to play hard Sunday. Like I, I don't think the Saints are going to quit. So, like, they've been playing well for a month. They haven't gotten results, but they aren't like teams like the Texans for the most part or Arizona that are just like, you look at them and you're like, God, they don't give a damn. The Saints still give a damn. So, I, I think you're right. I think, I think it's the expectation that the Saints will play well against Atlanta is fair. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be at the game. So, yeah, there we uh, go. Yeah. I, I, so I was at I was at the first game against the Falcons and that worked out well. So uh, to see the Saints sweep the Falcons and be at both games would be magical for me. Um, so fingers crossed, man. Yeah, and listen, here's the thing: you to me, I know the nerds. They, they said I was crazy today, but I really believe this. Like the, the Atlanta, whether they win to whether they beat the Saints Sunday or whatever, they're going to probably Atlanta's probably going to win seven games, right? And I know the nerds love Atlanta and they love Arthur Smith and his offense and he's so imaginative. But I'm telling you, Andrew, he's gone seven and ten. If he goes six and eleven or seven and ten again this year, and he goes seven and ten next year, Atlanta will fire him into the sun and their rebuild will be starting over again. So, you know, I, I just look at all these teams in the NFC South. None of them are, are really close. Um, the one thing I want from the Saints Sunday is Chris Olave, and it's not. I'm saying this. I will be completely transparent with the people on the podcast. I bet Chris Olave to win Rookie of the Year. If he wins Rookie of the Year, I win three hundred fifty dollars. So I'd like to cash that ticket, Andrew. Um, I think he's falling behind. He needs to torch this Atlanta secondary. I need. I need an eight to ten catch, hundred and seventy yard, two touchdown Chris Olave performance against this horrible Atlanta secondary. I need it. Can I get it from him? I don't know. I just I still feel like Olave is missing some consistency, mm-hmm. and until until he kind of reaches that level of consistency. I think he's going to be one of those like five catch for 70 yard guys. Like that's going to be kind of the game production that we're going to get from him most of the time. I think I still think there's a level of his game that's missing for him to be that nine catch 120 yard guy. And I think he's got to get stronger. I think the the contested catches in particular, those 50 50 balls, I think he loses those battles sometimes. I think the stuff he's really good at is. You know, just getting open, creating separation at the top of his routes, 
He gets out of his breaks, out of his cuts really well. And so he creates a lot of separation that way and makes, you know, makes for some easy catches for himself because of those. And that's why you see the stat lines you do. He's really good at that. But I think until, I think there's two things, you know, until he can elevate his play strength and win those 50-50 balls. And the second thing is he goes down real easy. And I know that's been a source of frustration for the Saints coaching staff. Um, you know, they've kind of felt like, hey, they're our best receiver is a guy that shies away from contact. And so, you know, and that was the thing. That was the one thing that I noticed coming out of college when I watched is like, this guy's a really good receiver. He's really polished, but his play, his frame, his play frame is really small. And he's not a guy that's going to take a lot of contact. And I, I was fearful that he would get injured. Yeah. Uh, Now, you know, he's gotten, he's gotten blasted in the head a couple times this year. That's been kind of scary. And he's missed the game for a concussion, but like, other than that, he hasn't really taken a lot of big shots because he goes down. So, like, you know, that that's the other thing, the way, like, he's preserving himself. But I think the the yak, you know, which can be such a devastating thing. I mean, that, that that's Traquan Smith, for as much as you want to hate on him, that, that's an area of his game that I think is really strong. Yeah. The, the few times he actually holds on to the football, his ability after the catch is pretty impressive. And so... I just look at, at like when you look at Olave, like I just I don't think that's going to transform itself this year in the off season. Like he, his legs have to get bigger, he has to get stronger, and and hopefully that that part of his game will develop because I think that's where he goes from a guy that kind of gives you that five catch seventy yard stat line, which is really valuable. Like he's a good receiver, but like how he consistently gets into that Adam Thielen or, or Jefferson or you know Michael yeah. Thomas production level. That's right. Like that's the area of his game he has to grow contested con- contested catches like you know i don't even care that he makes like, that they, they don't contested like the catches and plays after and, 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 yeah. and just ability after the catch because 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 once you start to do that i think the whole thing opens up for you because then teams start to give you the seven yards and you, you beat them deep enough times because you're catching the 50 50 balls and you make plays after the catch guys start to fear you they start to respect you and then they just start giving you the underneath stuff. And That's so it's right. It's just much easier to get like easy catches and to get more of a rhythm. Yeah. You're, you're UDFA. Son, I think the Saints passing game should be really good Sunday, especially with McCoy back. They'll block. And here's the thing, like Atlanta, the blitzing they did, they got to Jameis a bunch in that first game. And I think it was, I think it was a combination of, one, the Saints offensive line, like the Saints didn't really practice so hard during training camp. Dennis Allen went a little easy on him. I don't think they were ready physically. And I think Jameis, to his credit, at the end of the game, he Jameis hunts the big play. Like that's what he does. He's like, I'm looking for chunk plays. And it worked at the end of the game. Got him back in it. But I think against Atlanta on Sunday, if Atlanta, they do their Dean P's, let's blitz everybody, let's do exotic things. Andy Dalton is going to be more than happy, Andrew, to be like, oh, you're blitzing two dudes in this gap? That's cool. I'm just going to hit Landry for seven yards. I'm just going to hit Shahid for 10. I'm going to hit Olave for 12. Like he's Andy Dalton is going to get that ball out, and he's not going to hunt big plays I don't think so I think I think this matchup may work better for the Saints from start to finish whereas Jameis was just smoking hot at the end um final thing interesting you what you don't like me you don't like my theory no I, I it's an interesting point of view I didn't really think about it that way um but 
Yeah, I mean, look, Jameis never got to play with Rashid Shahid. And so when you talk about, like, I don't know how much big play potential Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas have, you know? And that's that's who Jameis was throwing the ball to. And Olave, but Olave, you know, like, he, he was a rookie, and those were his first few games, and they were starting mm-hmm. to, they were trying to develop chemistry. So I actually think the playmaking with Shahid and Olave is probably a little bit more explosive now uh, that's a than it good was, point. you know, the first week of the season. Although I guess they did have Deontay Harris back there, or Deontay Hardy. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, I think you're I think you're spot on about the the blitzing aspect of it, and it'll be interesting to see if Atlanta does it a little bit less. I think they won't because that's what D that's what Dean Pease does and their defense. Like if they don't blitz, their defense just kind of gets, they've been better, but they've kind of been, they can be eaten alive at certain points. So we'll see. And this game for me, not only is it, it, it matters because it's Atlanta. And like we said at the top of the show, I hate Atlanta and I always want to beat them. But to me, Andrew, this is really the last fun week of 2022 and look we're podcast we're here every 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 week we're gonna have fun we're gonna do laughs but this is really the last really fun game day i think we're gonna have because listen the saints are gonna win and tampa tampa's probably gonna get to eight wins so there's no playoff hopes and like next week they're playing on christmas eve and even if they beat Atlanta, they'll be five and nine. What's Cleveland's five and nine or whatever the hell. So you're not going to really care that. And then you go to Philadelphia and then the season, then you go wrap it up against Carolina. So like, I feel like this is going to be the last really fun week we have where Twitter, Saints Twitter is alive and we're having a blast and we're making fun of Atlanta. And I just, I want this game. I want this game so bad. Like if you, if you told me, Andrew, they're like, you can have this game and the Saints are going to lose the last three. I'd be like, fine. Like, I want this so, oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. bad. No, if I get one more game, this is it. This is it. Um, you know, I, oh, 100%. No doubt. And, and like, the Saints, the Saints aren't eliminated yet. So, like, if Tampa were to lose this weekend and the Saints win, I mean, I think it would be, like, equal parts frustrated because I don't think we would be that – that confident that they're going to pull this off. But like, I don't know, like the saints win and Tampa loses. And I feel like you've at least got one more week of, Hey, like maybe this is possible. Well, the thing is, the thing is what, what, what could make it fun. And look, I, I mean, T- Tampa plays Cincinnati, right? Like, yeah. I, I, think, I think Tampa's going to lose. Yeah. So like if the saints, I, I expect them to, if the saints beat Atlanta and Tampa loses to Cincinnati, which, it's probably likely Tampa. I think Cincinnati is like a four and a half, five point favorite on the road against Tampa. So if Cincinnati doesn't crap the bed, they'll probably win. So the Saints would be a game behind. And it's unlikely. But here's the thing, Andrew. The Saints play Cleveland on Christmas Eve. If they some kind of way beat Cleveland on Christmas Eve, Tampa plays Arizona on Christmas night. Now, I don't think Tampa's losing to Arizona because Arizona's bad. Murray's gone. Like, I don't think Arizona, even though they play at home, like, they're not going to give a shit about playing on Christmas. They're going to be mad they're playing on Christmas. And I think Tampa will beat them and that'll, and that'll kind of be that for the Saints. But it would be really fun if the Saints were six and nine and we're, you're done with your Christmas dinner, opening presents and everybody's 
getting comfy and we're getting drunk and we Saints Twitter, we all gather around the TV and we watch Tampa play Arizona. And we're like, oh, my God, if Tampa can go ahead and lose a third straight game, we could be six and nine in this stupid division with two games to go. Anything could be possible. It would it would make at least Andrew. It would make for a fun Christmas night on Saints Twitter. And in 2022, I think that's as good as we're going to get. Just want to play meaningful games. I, I always tell you that's right. Play meaningful games, and if the Saints can win on Sunday and Tampa can lose, that means we get one more week of meaningful. Games. That's right. That's that's it's right. That simple. It's that simple. You want? That's all I said. That's that. That's one of the things I said. I, I want meaningful games because the thing is, around here, like for 15 years, like even Andrew. You throw out the Katrina year, like we pretend that it doesn't happen, right? The Saints, we don't, we're not, no matter how old you are as a Saints fan, like the Saints, they don't play meaningless games in December. Say what you want about Hazlitt. He had the one Katrina year where they were three and 13, which, which I said it didn't, it didn't happen. All the rest of Jim Hazlitt's year, his worst years were seven and nine. Like they were going into December seven and six, seven and five. Like those games usually mattered in December. Like we're not used to this meaningless freaking games in December. That's a, like a, like a Ditka era thing. So I, I like, I just hate it. I hate, I do. I'm not used to it. I don't want to live in a world where people are like, Oh, I'm glad it's over with. No, I'm not. I want to wake up and just, I want to wake up and be like, if the saints win this and this team loses that. And this you, team, you see by Byron left, which you see this, he's like, I don't know how we're in first place right now. <laughs> dude, <laughs> even Tampa's like coaches are like, dude, how, how are we in first place ta- with the way we're playing? Tampa last thing. And then we can get out of here. Look, Tampa is. For all the mess that the Saints have had, and it's been disappointing, they don't have the upheaval that Tampa has. Tampa has this roiling, so I don't know what you want to call it, this undercurrent of like players and coaches are not happy. Tom Brady said something that he's like, yeah, I get together with players and we sort of tweak the game plan after the coaches give it to us. We sort of tweak it and change it how we want. And then the media asked him about it and he got all pissy. Like, I think there's, there's some sort of undercurrent in Tampa that's really bad. And I'm not saying that they're going to collapse and finish six and six and 11 or seven and 10 and not win the South. But Andrew, I think there's like a 30% chance something really, really bad is going to ha- is happening in Tampa and they might collapse and not win the South. And if that happens, if Tampa collapses and the Saints can just get their get if the Saints can just get their act together for these last four, like they could play meaningful games the last two weeks if they could just get their ass together because I think there's a I think there's a shot that Tampa might totally utterly implode. Yeah, and I think if Tampa implodes, I, I agree that I think Tampa imploding is in play, and but I think it'll be to the Falcons' benefit or, or Carolina. Carolina. And you know, honestly, if Atlanta wins this game in New Orleans, uh, then I, all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm kind of liking, it, especially if Ritter plays well, right? Where he's right. kind of like, oh, okay, like he's actually uh, a, a good asset for them at quarterback. Then I'm kind of liking Atlanta's chances to win the division. So. It, this this weekend's going to be super interesting. It is. So, guys, like I said, this was a free version, uh, but uh, support the show. We need it. Like I said at the top of the show, we had a bunch of people sign up, but when you sign up and you support the show, you join a great Saints community. You help us keep the show going. 
And we have the most fun. We have the best Saints podcast, the best community. We have people that know each other. We're friendly. The Discord is amazing if you don't like the sludge and crap on Twitter and Facebook. Like our Discord community, me and Andrew are there in there, there every day. We're talking Saints, having a ball. Uh, so support the show, please. Guys, thanks for joining us. We will see you Sunday afternoon about 3.30-ish. Hopefully the Saints will have swept the Falcons. Until then, have a good one.